Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. This has been a full morning, hasn't it? That was awesome, guys. Thank you for serving with your music. Caden, you little stud muffin. Well, what a long year this week has been, huh? It has been a week. Would you flip with me to Daniel chapter 1? If you're using our Pew Bible here, it's page 625. Daniel chapter 1, page 625. Let's go to the scripture, and we really want to gain some context whenever we see uh, what God's doing in a nation and doing in a thing. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about whenever you have a God-saturated mindset to look at the world, a biblical worldview is like a pair of glasses in which you can see reality the way it ought to be viewed, correct? It's like the perfect prescription to be able to see the world as a biblical lens to be able to look through. And so the Bible operates as this filter for us to interpret reality. And all reality comes from where? It comes from its creator. It comes from God. And so we want to interpret it the way that the creator designed it. To try to interpret it outside of the original intent of how the creator designed it would be asinine. It'd be the chief of foolishness. So let's get the mind of the creator and get a lens to look through these things. The Christian philosopher Cornelius von Till said this. He said, the Bible is authoritative on everything on which it speaks. And it speaks of everything. And so we want the authority of God to speak. Jesus reveals in Scripture that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That's in John chapter 14. And it demonstrates that he has all power over all of the universe, the way, the truth. He is the life. As you're reflecting on this week, if you were hoping Donald Trump would be the next president of the United States, I want to let you know that Jesus is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. If you were hoping Joe Biden would be the next president of the United States, let me remind you, Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the president of all presidents. Had that scripture been written in 2020, it wouldn't have just said Lord of Lords. It probably would have said the president of all presidents. There is a seat that is subject to a throne. That was so good. It just came on me. And John, for me, I get it like right beside my ears. It's like, oh, and it kind of makes me. For John, he just wants to show that he's, there's a seat 
and all seats, all governing seats are subjected to the mighty throne. Let's not get this thing confused. So, Daniel chapter 1, and then verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem, and he besieged it. Boom! What a one-line sentence to start the story. <laughs> we got kings and countries colliding and one overtakes the other. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into King Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Fascinating, huh? God's the one that shifted the seats. God's the one that shifted the kings and the leaders, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. So we see that Nebuchadnezzar comes in and he takes stuff from the church. Fascinating. Maybe some religious expression, possibly some religious freedoms that we're going to read in a minute. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, uh, the chief of the court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Let's pause. I really want us to set the stage and let's understand the context of this scripture. A new regime comes in. The old regime, the royal family, he says, go get them. Go get the young bucks of the royal family and bring them in here so they're subjected to a new regime. And we're going to raise them up and we're going to train them the way that we think, the way that we operate, so they can serve in our palace. How many of y'all know that the minds of children is the next land grab for America's future? That was good too. <laughs> young minds is prime real estate that should come at whatever the cost to make sure that you get the minds of kids for the next generation. So this guy's not confused on that. He says, go get all the kids that serve in the royal family because we got we to gotta shift the tides here. Let's go get the kids. Verse 4, he says, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and then after, they were to enter into the kingdom to serve him. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The king officials gave them new names, Daniel, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's food or wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. Now God caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Is it possible 
for God to move on the heart of someone that doesn't know him. (laughs) Verse 10, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. If you all remember the very first week of the year, I read this passage and we did Daniel fast. Anybody remember that? Oh yeah, you remember. Pain is a powerful teacher. We did a 10-day Daniel fast as we entered into this year. What a crazy year. Anybody else want to do a Daniel fast? (laughs) So Daniel's fast was, I only have fruits and vegetables, basically, uh, you know, anything that is, you know, not processed food, uh, and not that the processing was amazing back then, but just fruits and vegetables is all I want. I don't want the meats, I don't want the sweets, I don't want the wine. I'm going to get really, really focused here. And instead of saying yes to the cheeseburger, I'm going to say no to that meal and say yes to the presence. And so he's going to pursue Jesus instead of food. There was something that started gripping the hearts of these young men, specifically these four that the Bible calls out, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. And if I could utilize them as a picture of the church, or at least the picture of Christians, the people that truly love God, something began to shift. And as the country and the nation and the kingdom began to shift, they said, we don't want to just move with the world. We want to be men that move the world. G.K. Chesterton would say it this way. He said, instead of going along with the ways of the world and us being moved by the world, we need a church today that's going to move the world. And so it's not so much that we just listen only to the message or only to what the edicts are. We say, we are the church. We are the most powerful force on the planet. And the government does not have jurisdiction over us. So therefore, we should be the world movers and the world shakers. Thanks, Alyssa. Me and Alyssa will. We should have a movement going on. Because let me tell you who is firmly on his throne, unmoved, unthwarted, not nervous, not biting his nails. He's not hyperventilating. All is well in the kingdom of God. And so Daniel says, king, appreciate it. No thanks. Here's the way I'm going to live. And as a Christian, can I tell you, whoever becomes our president. Our lives should not, or at least our approach, should not change a whole lot. We're going to show up on Sundays and worship our guts out. We're going to go home and romance our wives. We're going to raise up stud kids. We're going to impact our community. We're going to be involved in our school and our educational system. We're going to give our guts to our job and be excellent at whatever God has equipped our hands to be. We're going to raise up the next generation of grandkids. Nothing, none of that should be changed in your approach of your get-after-it-ness of life. 
Because the good news is the king who has always reigned and ruled from the jump is still reigning and ruling today. And that will never change. That's the good news. How many of y'all have been tuned into the news this week? Anybody? And by the news, I mean your Bible because it's the best news we've ever had. It's good news. Billy Graham said it this way. He said that a minister should preach with a Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. That we ought to be able to speak to the context in which we live and provide biblical content for the context. Perhaps I don't have a newspaper, but I've got plenty of news that I've been digesting this week. And can I tell you the best news that I've been soaking in is Jesus is good. And he's faithful and he is all powerful. And that's really Really good news. So let's drop down to verse 17. So here's what's going on. As Daniel goes on this 10-day fast, he says, test me, see if I still look good afterwards. During this time, the revelation of God is hitting him. He's buffeting his body, making his mind sharp. How many of y'all know whenever you head out of here and you head off to Bob Evans or wherever you're going, the Cracker Barrel, you're going to eat so much bread and gravy that you're going to be asleep by 2 o'clock in the afternoon? It's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. I can, I'm a prophet. I'm going to prophesy. That's what's going to happen. And Daniel says no to all of the food. I'll just tell you that there's just times whenever, you know, I fast on accident just because you're busy and you miss a lunch, that your mind is sharper and you're not falling asleep. And here's what happens to Daniel. For 10 days, he's getting sharp and he's living in the presence of God and revelation is inundating this man. The power of the Holy Spirit. John, I think he walked around like this. Verse 17, these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding, all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief officials presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found that none were equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the president's cabinet. Wow. Can you imagine a guy who worships other gods, blown away by young bucks that are inundated with the power of the ghost on them, to where he's like, you're, you're in my cabinet. You're in the Supreme Court. You're an you're elected official. We got to get you in all the strategic seats. Can I tell you, Whatever the presidential seat, God can position leaders and kings and governors and senators and supreme courts. God is powerful to move the chess pieces wherever he will. And if you doubt that, please get into your Bible because it has happened, it can happen, and we're going to pray that it will happen, that godly leadership would reign and rule in our nation unapologetically. Because we've already agreed that the best life is a life submitted to Jesus Christ, and the best way to live is underneath godly law. We haven't been confused on that the last six weeks, at least. And so, here's the prayer that I'm praying, Daniel 1. God, do it. God, do, do the scripture. Let scripture be fulfilled in our nation. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, 
You know, whenever they go to the Supreme Court and they get questioned for days, and the, the last one was weeks, they get questioned by the king. Here's what's happening. He found out that they were 10 times better than magicians and enchanters in all of the kingdom. These guys were operating at a supernatural level. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel, right? Come on, brother. He just looks at me and he goes, he knows. Christian, he ain't confused. Now drop with me to Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20. And they said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes the times and the seasons. It's God who disposes kings and he raises them up. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He is the one who reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and promise you, God, of my ancestors, you have given me wisdom and power, and you have made known to me what we have asked of you. I want to break this down. I believe that there's some strategic tools in place to lead a godly nation. I believe one of them is education. The land grab of young people's minds is absolutely huge. Can I say this? Any person, whether you're pastor, factory worker, teacher, farmer, Anytime you open your mouth, you are speaking through the filter of your worldview. So when we have teachers that are speaking to young kids that are very much impressionable, it's coming from somewhere that's a worldview. How many of y'all want your educators to be inundated and saturated with a Christ-like mindset? Yes, there's six of us, all right. Come on, Quakers. Where we have, we're, we're strategic and higher when it comes to biblical worldview. Would that be wild? Oh, that's so crazy. Are you serious? Are we operating as a Christian nation? Wouldn't that be wild? Where we say, we need God-centered teachers. We need those that, that, that understand that all truth is God's truth. We understand that all revelation comes from the great revealer. And so we want to study math understanding that it came from God. We want to study history looking through the footprints of God walking and marching on. We want to look through science that God's the mastermind of chemistry, that he created the stars in the sky, the sun, and the planets that orbit it. I would love some of that. How about professors? I'll tell you, higher education is not always uh, uh, conducive for spiritual growth. So many times our young people will come from Christian homes, go off to higher education, their faith get hijacked, and they come back and we don't even recognize them. Here's what I want to encourage us. What if there was a church on the planet that was strategic and not just discipling through, do we know Jesus so that we can get to heaven and skip this whole earthly experience? 
What if we had a church that was strategic in discipling our families to raise up kids that would reign and rule the planet like Jesus prayed that the kingdom would come to the earth and your will would be done? On the earth, as it already is going on in heaven, let's bring heaven to earth to raise up a generation that would run education, to raise up governors and senators that would understand how to interpret godly law and then enforce that because our best lives are submitted to a law of Jesus Christ. And so we start raising up those that are serving on the town board, on the school board, all of our educators. We come to worship together. And then we get fired up whenever we're in here and we say, all right, now go back out and disciple our young people. And then let's come back in on Sunday morning and let's worship together and let's go out and run the businesses in our community. And then let's come back in and worship together on Sunday morning and then let's go and let's run our town and our community. That's a church that moves the world and is not moved by it. I'm not moved by what's going on. I want to be the force that moves it. And trust me, the church is the most powerful force on the planet. It hasn't gone anywhere. It has been here, and it's not leaving. It's not moving. It just won't ever, because the king of all kings is the one that's endorsed it. Nations rise and nations fall, but the church has endured from the beginning. Can I encourage you this morning? And you're more than welcome to smile back at me if you want to. (laughs) Don't let me smile by myself. Don't let me let the good news keep marching on, because I want to be a church that's intentional, not just to have cute church, church services. I want to run our community. I do. I want to run. I want to run it. I want, I want the, 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 the life and the message of Jesus Christ to infiltrate the streets and the homes and the marriages and the businesses, every pathway that we have, ah, to be soaked and saturated with God. Mm. jump down here a little bit. Y'all, I got notes for days. I'll tell you this. You need to lead you well. For me, I am my greatest leadership challenge. (laughs) I'm it. Because I know my heart. And sometimes my heart's lazy. Sometimes my heart's wicked. Sometimes my heart's sinful. Sometimes my heart doesn't want to get up and go and get after it. I've got to lead me well. In Proverbs it says, he who governs himself is better than he who takes over the nation. (laughs) Govern you. Steward you. Where's all that anxiety and stress? What, What has been going on inside of you this week? Come on, take dominion over yourself. Reign and rule you well. And make sure you're tapped into the best news and it ain't on CNN or Fox. It's on the word of God. Make sure that you know the news. And the news is we already have the king of all kings and the president of all presidents. Know that. Like for real, know that. Know it and act like it as you operate in your life. Part of leading yourself is knowing your call. We had a great conversation yesterday in our men's group. And one of the things that came out for me is to help call out the calls on people's lives. For some of you, you are passionate about law. You're passionate about government. It's one thing just to be interested in a thing and you kind of read about it. 
It's another thing that you have a passion for it. You say, Jesus, this is my purpose. This is, this is what my life's about. I want to give my life to something. And I want to encourage you this. I think especially those that have the heartbeat of God, people, men and women, are looking for a call to give their life to that's worthy of giving their life to. I want to give my, my life to something that's worthy of it. And I'm not just talking job. We're like, well, my job, I'm just on the line, I'm just pushing parts. No, no, no. I said calling, and you thought I said occupation. I didn't. I said calling. I don't matter. It doesn't matter what the platform is. The purpose is whatever. I believe that there's some in here that need to answer the call to run for an office. You need to answer the call to be on our school board, to be on our town board, maybe to be a state representative. Maybe to go even larger and say, Jesus, I want to shift Indiana, and you're going to run for a governor. Who knows what it is, but I believe that it's not just enough for you to hear the word of God so that you can get to heaven. It's to mobilize you to take over the earth. Wouldn't it be terrible if we heard the gospel for 90 years, and then we get to heaven, we're like, God, what was that whole earthly experience about? I just heard the gospel just so I could get to heaven. Like, I heard that you were important, but how did it ever apply to my earthly experience? It's to reign and rule Why we, while we are here. Check this out, Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards had a legacy, man. His legacy included this. These are his kids and his grandkids and great-grandkids. He raised up one U.S. vice president, one dean of a law school, one dean of a medical school, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 60 doctors, 65 professors, 75 military officers, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 clergymen, and 285 college graduates. What a lazy dad. <laughs> Is intentionality. Can I just say this? Parents, not only just lead you, but let's just grow it a little bit. Lead your family well. Lead your home. Double down on that. Let's move from just being keyboard activists, complaining on Facebook, to saying, you know what, I got to get after it in my own home. I got to start raising up some kids. I got to start raising up some presidents. I don't know that I'll ever raise up a president. She thinks she's Madam President. <laughs> but to raise up the influencers, right? And to leverage the mindsets of God that would lead in godly ways. Here's the other thing. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm... What's my, what's my sphere of influence? Maybe I'm, I'm just staying at home with the kids, you know, and my job is to, is to just cook dinner. They asked, Jonathan Edwards, how were you able to pull this thing off? They said, it was Mrs. Edwards. Sarah. Remember, behind, behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes who's making impact on so much going on around Sarah Edwards was the game changer in the legacy. R.C. Sproul said this, if God is creator of the entire universe, then it must follow that he is the Lord of the whole universe. No part of the world is outside of his lordship. That means that no part of my life should be outside of his lordship. Your job is underneath the lordship of Christ. What you do every day should be bowing its knee as it serves in whatever area you serve in. Bowed to the Lord.
Abraham Kuyper, he said this, whatever man may stand, whatever he may do, to whatever he may apply his hand, in agriculture, in commerce, in industry, or his mind, in the world of art or science, he is, in whatsoever it may be, constantly standing before the face of God. He is employed in the service of his God. He has strictly to obey his God. And above all, he has to aim at the glory of his God. No matter what you are doing, the higher call is to serve to the glory of God. William Carey, who was a missionary in India, he said this. He said, if Jesus were the Lord of India, what would it look like? What would be different? And church, I'll just close with this question. If Jesus were the Lord of Fairmount, Summitville, Jonesboro, Marion, what would it look like? If the church was the most powerful force in Grant and Madison County, let's just ask if, then what should it look like? What should our community look like? What should our school look like? What should our homes look like? One day we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for our lives. And I want to be able to tell him that I gave everything I was given. And I want to give it back to him and give it back to his people. So everybody, let's breathe the breath of God because it's life to our bones. And let's live our lives as if the president is on his throne, reigning and ruling over our lives. Let's live in a way pleasing to this God. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close? Mm. Father, we thank you for the United States of America. Lord, we thank you for the servicemen and women who have fought for the freedoms that we enjoy, namely religious freedom. Lord, I pray that the church would be like the army of God on the earth today continuing to fight for religious freedom. Lord, we pray that you would continue to have your face shine upon our country. Lord, we pray that you would be the president reigning and ruling over America. Lord, we pray that you would be the governor reigning and ruling over Indiana. God, we pray that you would have the seat of our town board. God, we pray that you would be uh, the superintendent of our school. Lord, we pray that you would be the head bishop of IYM and Fairmount Friends. Lord, we pray that it is your authority that we listen to. It's your authority that we, that we work and play and live under. God, we pray that you would not turn your back on the United States. God, that you would continue to shine your face brightly upon our nation. We ask for your favor and for your blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.